in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to another brand new episode of the Top Ten Show. I am John Roca. Uh, I am Matt Nost, and it looks like we both got haircuts, my man. <laughs> yeah, the coronavirus haircut, uh, courtesy of my uh, girlfriend uh, in the uh, shower. Yeah. Uh, Same here. She's never cut hair before in her life, didn't even watch a YouTube video. I just gave her a bunch of clippers because I bought clippers like years ago, and they were just sitting in uh, my closet, and she's like, well, I'll just give it a chance. And uh, we did it for an hour. Uh, she thinks she left it just a little too long up top. And so we'll do some adjustments when she comes back on Sunday. But I, for one, am extremely happy to have any semblance of a haircut because it was getting way too long, man. The same. I We just finished 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh, it's fresh. Nice. Yeah, she had to run out the door uh, to go to the shop for, you know, to work this evening. And uh, yeah, it took like 50 minutes-ish. Uh-huh. But honestly, like it, it's it's pretty damn close to yeah. what I normally get, so I'm perfectly happy. I told her the whole time because she was tentative. She was, I don't want to mess it up, and I'm like, look, worst case is we shave my head. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. So you can't really screw this up. <laughs> she took her sweet time, and like I'm, I'm ecstatic that I I don't have to wear a hat every freaking day just because my hair is just a mop on top of my head. Now yeah, that yeah. it's so much better. I couldn't even wear hats anymore because my hair kind of bushes out instead of just lays flat. So then the hat starts to bulge out like this and it becomes super uncomfortable because it digs against my forehead. So I had to get it cut just to be able to even wear hats again comfortably like I'm doing now or else I'd be even go- going even more insane, to be honest with you. Um, how's uh, how's my audio video look? Because you're lagging ever so slightly. So I don't know if it's my oh. and yours. I don't know what the difference is. I just don't want people to be messed up i don't know how it's going to look for their end yeah no you look fine okay there's a slight lag your audio hits me before your video does so oh, really? but okay uh let me watch in the end it's not a big deal i'll tell you what i'll step out and step back in it doesn't stop okay. the recording i don't think so i'll step back out and step back in let's see it's still recording so we're going guys it's just hey look at that one shot how are we audio listeners you got to be loving this huh it's uh something <laughs> not for you boom I think we can actually do that. I think. Oh, you just stepped me out. There you go. How do I get? Yeah, we can go backwards like that. Uh, for you those, know what I would love is if I can somehow make this yeah. a full screen. There. Oh, yeah. What do, you, what do you mean, like you or me or us? But on my laptop. Yeah. It's a. It basically it's picture in picture kind of thing. Oh, right, right, right. Span to full screen on mine. So it's it's not. Who cares? Right. But. It's just that is the size. That is the size. All right. It's like the standard size of a YouTube video before you maximize it. Yeah. 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 I'm, st- better, but. I'm still figuring out the lighting in, in this office because I had I have the outlaw poster behind me. But like an idiot or a cheap son of a bitch, I did not get non-reflective glass on the poster because, I mean, that was one hundred and forty dollars 
And uh, my shrine to myself does not require me to spend that much money on it. So I was just like, I'm not going to spend 140 bucks on this mm-hmm. thing. But little did I know that I'd be bouncing light off of it. So uh, it may be have to take in. Uh, may, maybe when all this stuff gets back to normal, I'll take it back in and get the non-reflective thing for now. Or I'll have to figure out the light, the right lighting so I can still be seen and it doesn't uh, uh, leave a big uh, mark behind me or a big bright light behind me. Um, but you, it's it's tough to make out what it is anyway, so you could always replace it with something else. That's true. It's very true. Still, I could. Yeah. It's still in there, whatnot. At uh, some point, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, today we are talking about, uh, what is it, the top 10 female-led action movies. Matt, how did this topic come about for us? Uh, we got it from our patron, Charles J. Clark. Um, and he sent in his list that we got a bunch of uh, great topics. But we saw this one, and we had a conversation between us. Have, yeah. have we done this? And we actually reached out to uh, Matthew Hasso and a couple other people. Um, just be like, hey, you know what? Uh, maybe you remember better than we do or, or can can uh, pull up uh, faster than we can. Have we ever done this topic? I know we've done female-led sci-fi. Right. With Clark Wolf, aspects. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but straight female-led action movies – Somehow, I guess we haven't done it because we yeah. the two of us couldn't find it. And then the other people that we asked, they went back as far back as they could possibly find. And they're like, I don't see it anywhere. Uh, yeah. so we did do it on a relist at some point. Um, oh, so- maybe that's what we did. We did it on a relist. Maybe that's why yeah. I thought we had done it. Interesting. I, I, okay. I thought we had done it too. I sent it to you and I was like, this seems yeah. like a good one, but have we done this? Because it seems like we have. Well, we've done so many topics. Again, I was just on a, a podcast or a on-camera podcast the other day for the Take Three people, and they wanted to celebrate the five-year anniversary of the top ten. So they asked me to come on, uh, and we talked about it. And I, you know, it's just still mind-blowing that we're on the five. I mean, five years have gone by. It seems like like that, you know. And here we are, and we're still kind of cutting up the uh, what do you call it? what do you call it? splitting the atom as much as splitting possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and here we go, female-led action movies. I can't believe we haven't gotten to it once in the last five years. And it's always, you know, it's always a confluence of events that leads to our topics uh, becoming the topics that we're going to discuss. Uh, but so I was excited to to dive into this one once you once we took a look at everything and heard from our uh, people who help us that we had not covered this. I was like all oh, the more excited yeah. to explore the perhaps process. perhaps we did, but it was yeah. it was quite a few years ago if we had mm-hmm. uh, and we couldn't find it. Went through the classic episodes, but very well could have skipped over it. Who yeah. knows? Um, but as best we can tell, we we hadn't done it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and we included. Everything, anything that was oh, yeah. movie esque, uh, yeah. made the cut for this. So it could be superheroes, it could be sci fi, it could be yep. you know whatever the case is. It just needs to be female led. Yeah, and that was the most important. Sorry, I'm adjusting the chair. Female led. Yeah, that was the most important thing for us. Didn't matter what genre, or didn't matter what uh, genre or whatever. Just had to be an action movie. Could be superhero. Could be whatever. So we threw it all in the mix, uh, and uh, I was excited. To see what uh, what come what came out. So, uh, uh, oh, you, you, did you adjust your uh, positioning? You don't have the horns behind you anymore. I moved it to. Um, I just turned on the table because it's a gotcha. better seating overall when we're doing this. Understood. Uh, <laughs> Understood. Yeah, flipped around, but I mean, it, I'm in roughly the same spot. I'm just two feet from where I was. Anything new to report before we jump into the list? Anything you're working on? Anything you're doing? Um. I mean, yeah, all kinds of different stuff, but I mean, nothing really. It's the okay. same stuff, different week. 
Gotcha. Place gotcha. around the house. Uh, had to fix a couple of things this morning. Got woken up by texts. Didn't fall asleep till late because I couldn't sleep and then got woken up after four hours saying, hey, I'm having a problem. And I had to get up out of bed and go take care of it. It's fine oh, yeah. to take care of. Yeah. You know, it is uh, happy to do it. Um, right. We have great tenants, so I don't really care. And, you know, they're both nice people. So oh, cool. Well, that's, uh, that's part of owning things. I was running, running things as well. Yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, got to get down, got to take care of. Mm-hmm. But I mean, nothing huge out of the ordinary. By and large, it's been sitting at home. Yeah. Yeah, everybody else, you know. Uh, and, and the passing of Kim Jong Un. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, is, is that real? Is that really? Did it really happen? I don't know if it really happened. I, can I don't remember. know, but I, I changed out of my black, all black attire for <laughs> too somber for the show. But thoughts and prayers. Shouts out, buddy. Thoughts Shouts out wherever you're at. <laughs> to Kim Jong Un. Thoughts and prayers. Um, what about the? And real quickly, any thoughts on the draft or anything like that? Any any uh, cool things happened for you looking at that? Now, outside of the Packers taking a quarterback, moving up to do it, yeah. Like okay, uh, I guess I guess maybe the the new marriage of head coach and uh, mm. is not as as seamless and happy as we were led to believe. Not as rosy as we thought. Yeah, exactly. Possible. Um, I but outside of that, like you know, two are going to the Dolphins. Interesting. I like that actually. If you sure. Say that. Although it did come out that they got a doctor to give him a physical. Good. Well, it makes all the sense in the world. Of course, with all the injuries and stuff. Well, all his injuries, and you're also talking about a multi-million dollar entity. Yeah. Its future potentially on this one individual for the next three to five to, and if it goes well, 15 years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you it was amazing when they're like, you know, we're just going to do everything over Skype or Zoom or something. <laughs> given his injury history, it's just like, I don't know how you do that. You can't. Right. You're asking way too much of one of these franchises. I agree. And so you got to hire somebody. And you, like you just said, they hired a doctor to go take a look at this guy. And that makes all the sense in the world. It does. And you spent all that money on a guy because he's going to ask for a big contract. So it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, he'll be under his rookie scale for a while, but then yep. he is good. Well, you don't care because it's tough to find a top-tier quarterback. Mm-hmm. And if he can stay healthy, by all accounts, he has all the attributes to be an amazing quarterback at the next level. I have no idea. I don't watch yeah. football. All That's right. The really huge games. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. there you go. Uh, I agree. I agree. A lot of stuff to talk about, but certainly those two were two of the top stories coming out of the draft, and it's still happening as we're recording this today on a, a very hot Saturday afternoon in Los Angeles. I'm burning up, man. It is it's so hot out there. It's insane. It makes you feel like we're back. We're, it gives you shades of summer coming right around the corner, man. I know. It sucks. I'm looking forward to it in the slightest. It's been so nice. Like, once we got past the rain of the early part of the quarantine, it's been yeah. Perfect weather, 72 degrees, 74 degrees, yeah. partly cloudy. So you get some sunshine. You also get the, you know, a little bit of cloud cover. It's been yeah. nice. We've been spending our Sundays. We're going to do it tomorrow. You know, it's supposed to be hot, but uh, we walk for three to four hours. That's great, man. Yeah. Get out and we walk. So we've seen two, three big chunks of our surrounding areas just walking wow. around the hills and stuff. Uh, it's been nice, but tomorrow it's supposed to be 87, so I'll be curious as to how long we make it. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm still building on my endurance uh, after not working out for two years. I walk an hour and I'm pretty much toast after an hour. I, I used to be able to walk three or four hours. That was the best. Uh, but maybe I'll be building up to it. I mean, that, that we look for any excuse to go walking. So uh, we're trying to build up ourselves as well. It'd be a lot of fun to do more and more of it. But in the heat, man, I just, I'm waiting until like 6 o'clock today or 7 o'clock tonight to go take a walk today. So it's too much, yeah. too much. Um, I'm going to be wearing what I wear to basketball to oh, yeah. tomorrow. Because we normally do it about 1 o'clock. Yeah. Come back here and it's ready. For, you know, we start making dinner once we get home. Yeah, yeah. Plus the masks. What's that? Yeah, the masks. Oh. I, I don't wear them when I walk. I just make sure I stay, you know, 10 oh. feet away from the next closest person. Oh. Catherine is, but I figure so long as we're 10 feet away, yeah, it's fine. If you want to be, you know, talk shit about me as you pass by, like, <laughs> wear a mask, that's fine. It bothers her if they were thinking about her. I do shit. It's fine. I don't really care. Uh, what the fuck? What? The- yeah, I know some people think that, but just like we're ten feet apart, yeah. more than the required. Uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, if I go anywhere in public or whatnot, mask and gloves. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. All times, I've got one. I keep one in the car. I've got uh, leftover um, masks from woodworking, and I donated the rest of the oh, hospital. But smart. I keep two. I keep one up here in the house, one down in the car. Yeah. No, uh, well, smart, smart. Yeah. Keeps Latex loves going through those like hotcakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But, but toilet paper starting to come back. I was at Target today, and there was a plenty of toilet paper. I was shocked at the Target down in uh, on Jefferson Boulevard in Culver City. The a bunch of Charmin thirty packs were still available. Bunch of eighteen packs. I went at eleven thirty uh, or eleven o'clock, I think, and still a bunch of stuff uh, was available. So I was shocked. So maybe slowly but surely, people are starting not to panic by as much. And they're not going crazy about the toilet paper. So hopefully that'll start becoming uh, more accessible yeah. to people who've been complaining about it online. Because I still see people complaining about it online. So we'll see. Uh, craziness all around. Yeah, but uh, you can find that stuff. I found cleaning supplies and toilet paper the last time I went to the store. Yeah. So it's starting, it's starting well, to feel a little yeah. more regular. Yeah. Can't, still can't get hand sanitizer or isopropyl alcohol. So oh, right. I'd like some hand sanitizer. We've got... We already had two two uh, bottles of isopropyl alcohol here. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal, but the hand sanitizer would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible to find. That'd be nice. It would be. I was out today because I had to run to uh, a friend's house and kind of drop something off. He just left it on his porch. Mm-hmm. But on the way back, I had to get gas, and it was at a 7-Eleven. I was like, oh, you know, they may have. And they were they were only sold out of Kleenexes, hand sanitizer, and rubbing alcohol. Oh, wow. But you could see the... You know, those in those three specific areas within right. that weird little aisle of all the, the miscellaneous stuff. They had plenty of everything else. Just still can't find that. It sucks. But I didn't find it at the store two days ago. Right. Uh, can't get it online anywhere. Wow. Wow. Uh, well, um, we are going, we are here to not talk about toilet paper, hand sanitizer. We're here to talk about the top 10 female-led action movies. Uh, Matt, you want to tell them how the show works? Once we set a topic, or we got it this time from Mr. Clark, we go our separate ways and create individual top ten lists. Show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom! There you go. Um, excited to jump into this one. What do you What do you got at number ten, my man? Uh, ten. So several good choices. Yes. If we include like all the variations, and I know you're going to have. At least one that I don't have for sure. Okay. Okay. It's top three for you. Okay. 
That's my guess. All right. Uh, but so there was like, there was two, three different ones kind of fighting out for the last position. Yeah. But I chose this one because it's my favorite of the series, so to speak. Oh, okay. Which is Bumblebee. Oh, good choice, man. That's a really nice choice, actually. I had not even thought about Bumblebee from my list. I, I think looking at it still wouldn't have broken, but I, at least I would have considered it a little bit longer. That's a good choice. It's the only Transformer, in my opinion, that is is a fully good movie, start to finish. It's got a nice arc. Mm-hmm. The action complements the story and vice versa, as opposed to the action really being the only thing of any merit in most of Michael Bay's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even that sometimes is utterly confusing. Just can't figure out which, you know, which transformer is which <laughs> and whatnot. And it's just a big funny of, of sound and visual flair. <laughs> Whereas this one, uh, it's got a great balance. They develop, uh, is it Haley Steinfeld? Yeah, Haley Steinfeld, yeah. Her character really well as like a, you know, a, Dealing with basically the normal mother-daughter dynamics, but then their mother's got the boyfriend and whatnot. And so there's the strife there. And mm-hmm. her dad, who I believe passed away, like to work on cars. So she goes down to the junkyard and whatnot and wants to get a car. She's down there all the time. They kind of know her. And she eventually finds Bumblebee and starts to work on him. But they build a natural relationship between the two of them. Yeah. I think it's got a great payoff overall. I It sucks because it made the least money of the entire franchise, which means they're not going to make a good nope. movie again. They're going to go back to bullshit explosions and fucking one dimensional characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are. I know you can't say anything. Nope. <laughs> Cause I don't agree with you. Well, I don't, it's not that I don't agree with you. I do agree. They're one dimensional characters. I do agree. There's just a bunch of explosions, but for whatever reason, it's my guilty pleasure. It's crack on a stick for me, and uh, and I enjoy the hell out of it. But, yes, I, I understand what you're saying, and they are absolutely going to go back. They already said that Michael Bay is going to be more involved with the next film they do. Yeah. Uh, and they haven't said whether she's going to come back, but they certainly bring back this Bumblebee. Yeah, I agree. She should. So it'd be good to see. I wonder what a Michael Bay, Haley Steinfeld film would look like. But, yes, I, I would like it. I, I... Unless everybody that, that we know goes to the advanced screeners and comes back and says, hey, it's actually, you know, it's great. Right. No, once his name is a dad, I never saw last night or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> you would lose your mind. I, I That was like self-flagellation. I don't know why I, I did that outside of my friend Razzle was like, dude, robots on top of dinosaur robots. We're going. And I'm like, <laughs> All right, maybe they'll finally get it right. They're not that thing was boring as shit for yeah. the stuff that happens and just terrible after terrible for me. That's how they get you. They can't mess it up again, can they? And then you go in and you're like, oh, for some people, oh, not again. So, well, if you go in with the expectation that it's going to be good, then um, you're either young, which is fine. You know, you haven't seen a ton of movies and it looks cool and you want to go see it. And I totally get that because I would have done the same thing when I was younger. Or you're just a huge fan of the series and everything I'm saying doesn't really apply to <laughs> what your enjoyment of it. That's fine. Look, they do billions of dollars. Uh, so technically yeah. I, I'm wrong, but it doesn't really feel like I'm wrong in this slightest. <laughs> you know? That's fair. Uh, what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is uh, Widows. Mm. 
Nice yeah. choice, man. Yeah, Viola Davis and all them in that movie. Certainly a tough, yeah. tough movie. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Liam Neeson, Colin Farrell. Yeah. Uh, the dude from Get Out. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. There you go. Uh, oh, the one girl, she was in The Night Manager. If you ever saw that with. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, right. She plays yes. the blonde. She's in that. Yes, Elizabeth Debicki. Yep. Uh, and then they got some other. She was the gold girl in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they, uh, that uh, Rocket steals the battery thing from. Yeah, yeah. They send after, and they're setting up, what's his name? Adam something or other? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Uh, Adam yeah. Strange. There you go. Yeah. But, yeah, or but no, really, no. yeah. I didn't read that in the comics, um, but I'd heard of him. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of after I stopped reading comics. Uh, but yeah, it's a, you know, in essence, it opens with all these, these women's husbands die on a job. They're criminals. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the job was uh, they were stealing money from another criminal. So criminal B shows up to Viola Davis's house and is like, you owe me $2 million because your husband was stealing that from me at the time that he was you know, killed. Yeah. So that debt now falls to you. And it's, she has a month or so uh, to, to repay the debt. Okay. So she enlists the help of the other widows to try and basically pay back this guy. Right. It's a heist movie. Um, it's an issue. I mean, there are a couple loopholes that they don't really close out. One okay. in particular, which is like, ah, oh, shit, that kind of rubs me the wrong way. But overall, I think it's a wildly successful film. It's a Steve McQueen, I believe. Yeah, who directed it, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's got good character development. It, uh, the story moves along nicely, especially given how many different characters there are. And yeah. They bounce around, but they do a nice job, or he does a nice job of balancing it out. So there's a good pace to the movie as a whole. And the conclusion, I think, is ultimately really good. It's a strong payoff uh, at the end. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I liked it. It was good. It's one I haven't seen yet. I know a lot of people enjoyed it. So I, I got it, I've got it saved on uh, on a hard drive over there, an external hard drive. Uh, don't tell anybody. I've started listening to Matt Nost and keep keeping some movies on hard drive. Uh, but yeah, I've got that on. I haven't watched it yet, but I definitely now that you hear talk about it, I might have a, uh, I might have a free Saturday night because Lindley's out of town, so it might be fun to kind of watch this one because I hear it's actually pretty good. It's a good crime film. Uh, it is. It's strong, strong moments of action and some hardcore scenes. Yeah, and some some good acting. Uh, yeah. Overall, uh, there's one dude in particular that plays a politician. I uh, I had to look him up, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's holds his own and he's right. he, you know has scenes with Farrell and uh, Viola Davis. Right. And, uh, uh, the dude from get out again, what was his name? Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya. And then, um, Oh shit. The, uh, the detective on elementary, a show that Catherine and I used to watch. He's in this for, Oh, Dexter. black guy. Shorter. Yeah. yeah. I never saw elementary, so I don't okay. know. Yeah. Yeah. That's one I should get into, though. Everyone says it's good, so it is. I think that's that could be my favorite interpretation of Sherlock. Hmm. Okay, just from Johnny Lee Miller's perspective, right? Little ticks and nuances that he built into the character to me seems 
Like basically it takes Cumberbatch's and it builds on it. And he has all these little specific ticks and eccentricities. But if your mind was constantly going like that, his physical manifestation of his mind constantly working makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and he's got like a heroin problem. Um, but that also, if you can't shut your mind off type of things, like drugs seem like a potentially likely outcome for right. something like that, that has this type of mental, you know, acuity, I guess. I'm not entirely sure how you would classify it. Trying to slow it down. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just take a break or you get fixated upon the worst types of things. And you're just like, I'm done thinking about this. And this is the only way to get myself to stop thinking about this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But if you have that type of, you notice every detail about the world around you, yeah. that has to, it has to eat away at you too. It's a positive and a negative. Your greatest strength can be your you know greatest weakness as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, check it out. If you've got it saved uh, digitally, I think it's totally worth the watch. I mean, okay. it's higher on my list because it, it didn't have enough action. Right, right. Because uh, it's more about, you know, the interactions of the individuals, but it's solid. Yeah. Okay. What's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is Annihilation. Oh, the uh, Natalie Portman one. Nice. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, Alex Garland directed Alex this. Garland, correct. Um, let's see. Who was it? Uh was it uh, Tessa Thompson's in it? Yep. Gina Rodriguez. And then uh, um, who uh, plays her husband? Oscar Isaac. Oscar, yeah, Oscar Isaacs. And then after that, I'm blanking. Yeah. yeah. There are small parts around. But in essence, there's this anomaly, and Oscar Isaacs goes into the anomaly. Right. Weird shit happens. So then she, uh, along with the other two, have to go in and try and a save him and b figure out what in the world is going on. Right. Yeah. Uh, it is a trippy, interesting, philosophical sci-fi kind of movie. Yeah. Uh, it's you know it's heavy. I don't. I'm not going to go back and rewatch it all the time, but it was strong enough to where it will pique my interest every few years, and I will totally go and watch it. If nothing else, for some of the visuals. Yeah. The visuals are great in that movie. Yeah, they are. And you have, uh, um, God, what's the actor's name? Wong. He's the guy from Doctor Strange. He's the one interrogating her, trying to okay. find out the information. <clears throat> and then you go, you know, because it's mostly told in flashback through her story um, and what she experiences. And it leaves you with some questions by the end about of mm-hmm. what, like, what you would do in that situation and how you would react to everything that happened around you in a, in uh, during that experience and that unusual, unique experience. But yeah, the visuals are great. And I love that sound from the trailer, you know, that kind of uh, inception sound with the shimmer that I thought was brilliant. So yeah, Alex, I'm about to start watching devs at some point in the next few days. Uh, Cause everyone's talking about how great it is. And it's on Hulu. So I want to okay. give that and that's Garland's TV series. So I want to see if it's any good, uh, but I like his stuff. Ex Machina and this are, are, are two good movies. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. Um, okay, so my number 10, uh, and I feel like we're stepping down, and Matt's probably going to make fun of me for this being on the list, but my number 10 is Lucy. Um, That's fine. I, I know I know you enjoy the film. So. I do. I, I really do enjoy the film. It's one I go back to. I don't know why. It's a tight 93, 94-minute film. I think Luke Besson directed it. <clears throat> Scarlett Johansson, who I'm not always the biggest fan of. Sometimes I'm in, sometimes I'm out. Depends on her, her commitment to the role. 
and I just I just enjoy the hell out of this once she starts like making the turn. It is so fun to watch. It's like a, a breakneck speed as soon as she starts kind of embracing this thing. Because of course she's a she's this like uh, prostitute who's does, is not that smart. Gets put in this situation by this guy. Then he's got then then uh, she gets injected or she takes this uh, potion and, or this yeah. pill and it turns her into this like uber intelligent, uh, undefeatable. Um, action person as an action movie star essentially and she's uh, trying to find out who did this to her and then like destroy them and then pass this information on to morgan freeman so that morgan freeman who's some kind of geneticist or famous tech geneticist uh can tell the world about it and eventually she gets consumed into the electricity into the electronics rather of the world and that's awesome and i just uh, i enjoy it it's certainly a film with a lot of action and I like Scarlet in the film. So, uh, you know, I- I'll always fight for this one um, uh, until a better one like this comes along. Yeah, it's got tons of action for sure. Yeah, yeah. All Scar Joe. Yeah, it is all Scar Joe. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's just a turd. That's all. That's, oh, but anyway, oh. what's your number nine? <laughs> my number nine is Haywire, the uh, Soderbergh one. Oh, but, yeah. That, that was a, it made my honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this one because, one, I'm a big Gina Carano fan as a fighter. Like, I really enjoyed watching her as a fighter. Yeah. Uh, and then when this movie happened, I was so surprised that Soderbergh did this. But then when you take a step back and you go, well, wait, didn't he cast that porn star as the lead in his film, The Girlfriend Experience? So mm-hmm. Sasha Gray, I think her name was. So um, so it's okay, not a new Like you don't know. I got you. Yeah, I don't, it's not, not my jam. Uh-huh. But uh, – uh, you know, this is what he does. He's very unusual in his casting choices. And casting Gina Carano, who's never acted in a movie at all, as the lead in this movie, this tight action film, with all these major actors and stars like Banderas and Ewan McGregor and, um, uh, uh, God, I forget who plays her dad, Bill Paxton, uh, and you get Channing Tatum. you got all these people involved, Michael Douglas, all these people, all these people involved in it, uh, and you put her in the lead. And they did dub her voiceover. It's Laura San Giacomo who is doing her voice through the whole movie. But I think she's pretty badass throughout the film. She's got some great looks, great sneers. Uh, and she didn't do so well afterwards, like all these other films that came out. Most of them went straight to DVD or whatever. But then yeah. in The Mandalorian, she's kind of been reborn in The Mandalorian. And she has said that like Favreau really changed her mind about acting and uh, kind of got in her head. And I liken this to sports. Once again, you can be Alex Smith and just totally flopping it for the 49ers. You go to Kansas City and Andy Reid, uh, you know, kind of knows how to coach you. And you're reborn to a degree. So I feel like Carano got with an Andy Reid type coach with John Favreau, and she's delivered better performances in the Mandalorian episodes that she's been in. So, but when you go back and watch this one, it is nonstop action, some great brutal fights. Oh, yeah, Michael Fassbender. She totally has a hotel fight scene with Michael Fassbender that's it's just awesome. Uh, all around. So I think if this had been another actress who was like action oriented actress, it could have been just as good. But I like the novelty of someone like Gina Carano playing this character uh, because, you know, she's not going to talk that much, but she knows what she has to do. Uh, it's just great. I enjoy the hell out of this movie. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it made my honorables because I haven't seen it in years. So mm. in the case, it's just like I, I saw it in the theater. I was, I remember the trailer and as soon as they did the trailer, it's like, I'm willing to get that a shot. And I think it came out in like February, March. Yeah. It was kind of a slower period of the year. And I was like, oh, okay. So basically it's a 
they're kind of taking a chance on it, but at the same time, the stakes aren't that high. So this yeah. could be a damn good movie. It just doesn't have an A-lister headlining it. So, and Soderbergh. Uh, right, right. But it's also been, it's been years. So it's good to know that you still have such an affinity for it. Maybe I'll go back and watch it, you know, at some point. I've got a, a nice list going now with the, you know, quarantine, but I'm banging quite a few off as well. Oh, yeah. oh cool. All right, yeah. Uh, all right, then my number nine is a foreign film uh, from Japan from back in the 50s, I think, or 60s. It's called Lady Snowblood. Uh, and it's a samurai film. She's a female samurai who is uh, like this um, girl who was born to be a prostitute. Her mom was raped. Uh, she was a member of a concubine or whatever. Her mom gets raped and she uh, becomes or learns how to become the samurai to fight back out of this life. And she goes on this revenge killing spree throughout the movie. Uh, it's incredible. And I re- watched it on TCM like six months ago and i was just like wow this is so rare to see a female samurai in the lead of a movie and then see it be done so well even though it's, i'm looking at it with 2019 eyes uh, at the time when i saw it it's a 1960 something or 50 something film and it mm-hmm. still works so well a lot of great action the blood sequences are fantastic and you buy into her character and the struggle that she's going through to try to achieve this vengeance for herself and for her mom. So I was all about this film. I couldn't believe it. And there's a sequel to it that isn't quite as good, uh, but they're both out on Criterion. So, I mean, certainly uh, it's a damn good movie to revisit and enjoy. Uh, yeah, but doing the research for this, I saw that pop up. Mm. Got a great title. Yeah, right? Snowblood. It's 1972. Oh, is it 70s? Okay, shit. All right. Even I want to say, they, honestly, on a Google search, because it's one of those things of, uh, I don't know how you do each week, but I try and rifle off as many on my own as I possibly yes, can. Absolutely. Sit there and just rack my brain for however long it takes. And then eventually you hit a wall. So I'll turn to Google and be like, hey, wh- what am I missing? Type of thing. Right. Uh, right. And yeah, that came up and I was like, great title. Um, but I went like 1972 and it kind of took me back and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought so about you know the idea of Japanese uh, film from that time. Yeah being a female protagonist in an action-led film. <laughs> you'll, you'll be glad to know that I'm going to do a Criterion Corner every month for the for my patrons, for the patron that I have, so mm-hmm. I could just revisit these. So finally, the corner, the corner is open. The corner is open for the, the, <laughs> the movie reviews. Uh, all right, what's your number seven, man? Uh, seven for me is Rogue One. Mm. Yeah, I didn't put that on. That's the one I wanted to put it on. There are so many other people doing stuff besides her that I couldn't put it on. I had it at 10, I, I had it at 5. Yeah. I, it's, like I moved around. Eventually, I just set it on 7 because I like the movie so damn much. It's so good, dude. Yeah. It is female-led, but it's an ensemble. True. Um, but she is the thrust of the story. Like, basically, without her, um, there is nothing. There's We don't have the tie-in of her father being the right. lead here of the Death Star. And how would they ever get the plans or even find out about this weakness? Yeah. So on and so forth. So for me, ultimately, like there was enough pieces to where, yes, she's part of an ensemble, but she is the storyline that's, that's pushing, that's driving this, you know, it's the engine driving the story. Yeah. yeah. That's why I included it on. Uh, but it got knocked down a few pegs from where it would actually land because of the ensemble nature of it. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody uh, listening to this, they've seen Rogue One. And they've they've heard us talk about Rogue One. If you haven't and you've never watched any of the Star Wars, I think you could totally watch this without knowing anything of Star Wars 
and be perfectly fine as a self-encapsulated movie. That's actually a damn good point. You can. Yeah. You can absolutely watch this thing from beginning to end. And you get the if even if you have a cursory knowledge of Star Wars, like you've never seen any of the movies, but you know that Carrie Fisher played Princess Leia, and you know who Darth Vader is. That's all you need to know. That's yeah. all you need to know. Or even if you don't, it's fun to discover these characters this way, and then go back into the old movies and watch what happens to those characters going forward from the end of Rogue One. So yeah, I agree with you. It's a good, good. It's a damn. It's a, to me, still the best one of the ones they've done in the new Star Wars movies. And it is because of the of uh, you know Felicity Jones's performance and Diego Luna and everybody involved in it. Just damn good movie. Yeah, top to bottom, it's a, it's a really great ensemble piece. And the fact that this came from Disney, knowing that all the characters had to die. Yeah, yeah, right. Ballsy. Any, well, I mean, for Disney, especially looking at the direction, because anymore lightsabers don't kill people. Yeah. Three, it's the flesh wounds like a motherfucker. But no longer does, you know, can you spear somebody with a lightsaber a la Yoda right. in Revenge of the Sith? Like, that's never going to happen, apparently, under Disney's watch. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, the fact that they chose to do this story is kind of impressive on some level. Yeah, agreed. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, all right, so then my number seven, right? That was your six, oh, right? No, sorry. that was my seven. Oh, so, sorry, my, sorry. My six is going to be a punt. Okay. I don't even, I don't, you know what? I want to guess that it's going to be a punt. So I'm not going to say it. Okay. I know it's going to be a punt. So go ahead and give me your seven. We're just <laughs> no, going around and uh, warming this shit up. What do you got at seven? I know seven? it's a punt. All right. All right. Uh, my number seven is Atomic Blonde. Okay. That's a slight punt. A slight punt. Okay. Then uh, my number six is Star Wars The Force Awakens. Okay. Yeah, I put that one on because that is way more led by Daisy Ridley than I think uh, Felicity Jones leads uh, uh, Rogue One. But you make a great point, Matt. A lot of the story is around her and her connection to her dad and everything like that. So it is female-led in that way. And maybe if I'd spent a little more time thinking about it, I'd have put Rogue One on my list instead. But I like this one. I really enjoy this film. It is still one I go back and watch. There's still the magic of of the original trilogy sprinkled throughout this movie. And Daisy Ridley is so, so good in this movie, man. Like, you just think about it. Once again, I've said this a million times, but still, this is a person who only had done six guest spots on six separate TV shows before she got this job to lead a franchise like Star Wars at such a young age. And she was immaculate in the movie. There's not an unbelievable moment when she's on screen and she drives it, the narrative. She doesn't need anybody to save her. She doesn't need anybody to take care of her. She handles the business. Yeah. Do I know that some people get upset? Oh, how can she be such a good Jedi? How can she blah, blah, blah. And of course we found out in Rise of Skywalker, much to some people's enjoyment and other people's chagrin. Uh, but that's how we figured, we found out that this is why she's so good at what she does. But at the time, I just really enjoyed the, you had such a strong female protagonist that was doing her thing and was there to witness all the big emotional moments from Han Solo getting on the Falcon to Han Solo's death to the fights with Kylo, everything like that. I thought she was just so good in the movie. And the movie itself is such a fun one to go back and enjoy and revisit. Even though there's some darkness to it, it's still fun to go back and, and enjoy the film. Um, yeah, I, I like coming out of it because it was it was better to me. You know, my expectations were so low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make an enjoyable film. And they made an enjoyable film. Yep. So I like it for that. Now, having seen the context of all three, you know, it, 
It's it's good. I right. Maybe it's my favorite of the three. It'd be that one or the last one. I don't. I don't have a strong opinion of that trilogy. You mean? Yeah. 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 Those. I mean, they they leave me kind of. I don't know how often I will revisit aspects of them. Yeah. Yeah. But to go and sit down and rewatch like all the time, I don't think it's going to happen. That's right. the thing. Yeah, I, I rarely watch uh, Last Jedi. I, maybe I watch the last half an hour of the movie if I do watch anything. Uh, but with Force Awakens, I just put that on randomly all the time. Yeah. Uh, the other one, Rise of Skywalker, I, I doubt I'll ever see that again. I sold my ticket back and ref- and did not go when we had a oh, when when my uh, when Collider had a free screening of it the night before our Christmas party. I uh, didn't go because I was like, I, I don't need to see this thing ever again. I'm good. Um, but th- it's like the Matrix, right? The Matrix is still damn good. Even the Revolutions and um, Reloaded weren't that great. Uh, the Matrix is still damn good. And I feel that way about Force Awakens. So I'll, I'll still defend okay. it. Well, to me, Matrix is a 10, whereas Force yeah. Awakens is probably like a 7. Okay. Maybe mm-hmm. seven and a half for me. Yeah, I understand. And then uh, the resulting Matrixes are... Whatever the next one, we can call that like a six. And yeah, this one is like a one or a two. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. Yeah. Uh, what's the deal? Okay, so we're about to go into our fives. Do we take a break here, man? What are we doing? Yeah, we'll take a quick break right here and uh, uh, you know listen to this word from our uh, sponsors this week, and we'll be right back with you here on the top ten. All right, there we go. There's our uh, word from our a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to them for supporting the show. We thoroughly appreciate it, right. especially in these uh, difficult and trying times. Um, yeah, for those of you who are YouTube uh, watchers, that was just for the podcast people. So just letting you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the audio only. Right. Uh, you guys get the unfiltered uh, straight away. So my five is the punt from you just previously, Atomic Blonde. Okay, cool. Yeah. It's full on action. It's yeah. at least their own. It's basically, you know, female Jason Bourne. Um, although it's not as, you know, he's almost created in a lab on some level. Yeah, right. Hers seems a little bit realer, I guess, because her her abilities don't seem almost superhuman. Not saying right. Warren is unrealistic. It's just he is so efficient. It's it's mind-blowing that someone could actually pull that off. Yeah. Uh, and hers is you know, a little bit more believable, but it's like Cold War era spy movie. And uh, it's a who is who do we trust here? Who do we not? Who do right. we believe in these situations? Uh, it's got some really good acting. From the entire cast as a whole, I think that yeah. it fits the era of what they're trying to get across really well. Um, so, the music and the cinematography uh, and the graphic design, uh, especially like that, like on the posters and whatnot, leading into it, it gave you a nice sense of what to expect. Which sometimes movies, you know, fail categorically. Yeah. At that. And uh, just overall, and it just shows another gear that Charlie's has. Yep, yep. She's so badass in this movie, man. So sexy. Uh, in this movie as a spy should be right. And when she uh, has the battle scene Not on really. the stand, huh? a, a real spy, you want them to be nondescript. Well, I'm talking about in a movie. Yeah, well, I know. Well, James Bond, you know, you want suave, you want cool, you want that. You want that. Um, uh, and so her fight scene on the, uh, on the stairs in that apartment building is uh, just next level in terms of fight sequences. I mean, it's so long and uh, most of it is one take. Uh, just great choreography all around and great for, uh, uh, you know, to have a female action hero do that, 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, which I really enjoyed seeing the commitment from her to, to make it as realistic as possible and as believable as possible. I enjoyed that. She's now, ne- she's just like, she's just so much, she's so magnetic to watch on the screen, charming to watch on the screen in this character. So in control, even when she's like being double crossed or possibly being screwed over, she's still in control every single second that she's on the screen. It's fun to watch that. Yeah. Um, and I like how she kind of commands the situation. Once the twist happens, I like how she commands the situation with everyone. And, you know, I, I wish there was a sequel, man. I mean, I, cause I, you know, I thought, I thought it, it deserved enough. Oh, yeah, it did make ju- it made just enough. I think it made like over a hundred million dollars, and it was made for thirty. So you're supposed to make two and a half times before you see a profit. So I would argue there is a profit here, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I would love to see a second one um, uh, from her. You know, I mean, if Liam needs to keep doing action movies into his fucking seventies, I think Shirley's can keep doing some action films in her forties, for God's sake. So just something to and, think about. And she will. It seems yeah. as though she's. Uh, floating around, you know, she did the the long shots. So she's trying to do comedy. Yeah, did you like that? I gotta see yeah, that. It was good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I didn't think it was as. Um, I don't know. A lot of people thought it was a hilarious. I thought it had a couple like strong moments, but I didn't think it was hilarious. But I need stretch of imagination. It's overall very fun, and okay. they have a believable romance between the two of them. Okay. Kind of tough to do. Yeah. And Seth Rogen does some, you know, hold his own with Charlize Theron. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's good. It's, okay. it's probably worth the watch. And I got to give it a shot. Yeah, it's another one of those. It's like, you know, 95 minutes. Right. In and out. Max. Yeah. yeah. Easy peasy. Um, yeah. Good yeah, go. that fight scene basically is Jason Bourne meets They Live. <laughs> That's good. It's, That's it's actually- real. Eventually they get tired and they're yeah. just like last gas, but they know that one is trying to kill the other. So it doesn't matter how tired you are. You're, you're fighting for your life in this moment. Yeah. It's super brutal, man. Yeah, it is. It's quality. So what do you got at five? Uh, five. I have a French film, uh, which is the original uh, film, uh, La Femme Nikita, uh, okay. which was, but point of no return was a remake of the one with Bridget Fonda, mm-hmm. but La Femme Nikita, right? Exactly. Yeah. A marginal mm-hmm. remake. La Femme Nikita is awesome. And I, I, I didn't even think about it, that it's just now is occurring to me. That's another Luc Besson film that uh, this was one of those ones that I discovered back when I was like into like wanting to be the foreign film nerd amongst my friends. Like right? I was always like reading these magazines and these articles to try to find out what were these foreign films who were recommending uh, who are critics and trying to find them and watch them. Uh, and they would show on IFC every once in a while way back when uh, and or Bravo way back when the Bravo wasn't a reality TV factory. They used to show these uh, foreign films that you could enjoy. IFC certainly did that, as I said. But this was one that I discovered late at night and I'd heard about it. I didn't know it was going to be on and I just stumbled on it right as it was beginning. And it is fantastic. Just fantastic. Great stuff. Uh, Teshki Cario plays essentially the Gabriel Byrne character, for those who've seen the remake. Uh, and he is guiding this young French girl who is like involved with these dudes who are doing drugs. She gets involved in this uh, heist situation where everyone gets killed. They recruit her as an assassin, uh, but she's a young woman. So the struggle is you got me at such a young age. I didn't get a chance to live life. Now you redeemed me. You cleaned me up. You got me off the smack. But in exchange, you taught me to be an assassin. And now I have to work for you as an assassin. And as I'm getting in older, I'm realizing I don't want to do this with my life because I didn't choose to do this with my life. You chose for me. 
And it's, it's like, it's a great complex character study. Cause you're like, well, yeah, but if we hadn't done this, you'd have been dead from drug use mm-hmm. eventually. Uh, and so we saved you, but now you're in essence tied to us. So it's her struggle as she carries out these hits and then tries to avoid being a part of the, this, uh, uh, crew of people again. She wants to break out of it. And then she falls in love with this guy. And then she's trying to preserve that romance while she's also carrying out this hit and, Cheshki Cario shows up randomly to kind of mess up her world half the time. And then you have Jean Renault, which is the first appearance of Leon, the professional, is in this movie because he is brutal in this movie and how he uh, disposes of the dead bodies or the almost dead bodies, including one scene where he uh, throws a dude into a, a bathtub who uh, who she couldn't finish killing. And he pours acid all over his body. You just see the legs twitching out from beyond the um, bathtub. So a brutal film, but damn good film from beginning to end and good action all the way uh, up until the end. And the ending is believable, uh, uh, which you like. And so to me, uh, I really enjoy this film. It's one that I think, bless you, I think more people should discover or find uh, because that sequel is okay, but this is really a damn good movie. Yeah, I saw Point and Overturn and I remember the USA show, the film Nikita. Right, right, with uh, what's your face? Yeah. Um, and I've seen tons of other Luke Besson. Mm-hmm. Just never, don't think I've ever seen uh, La Femme Nikita, even though I've known about it since, you know, basically the USA show. Or yeah. if that came first before Point of No Return or vice versa. No, no, it was, it was, the, it was the movie, the original movie, then the remake, yeah. then the TV show, and then the fourth, uh, which was another TV show with Maggie Q. That was the thing. To educate me to the fact that. When Point of No Return came out, what is that, like 95? Yeah, probably something around there, yeah. Something like that, yeah. So I was like 15, 16. Yeah. So I wasn't seeing French movies at that time. <laughs> Fair so, yeah, it was you – know, my you video have? store didn't have it more than my – well, they might have had La Femme Nikita. There's a chance. <laughs> it's more accessible than, than you know, uh, right. a bunch of other movies that uh, now anyone has access to thanks to the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that was your five? Yeah, yeah. What's your four? Uh, my four could be a punt. Okay. What? Aliens. Uh, that's my number three, so we can talk okay. about it. Wait, was your six already a punt? Did we already punt your six? Technically, I didn't tell you my six okay. because it's a punt, and we're going to get to it eventually. I just didn't know how high it was going to be on your list. <laughs> All right, fine. Aliens, yes, that's my three, your four. Do you, we'll talk about it. Yeah, go ahead, my man. Uh, yeah, it's quintessential 80s action sci-fi. Uh, you know, when Elizabeth Banks came out and said the reason that Charlie's Angels flops is because men don't go to see women in action, like at women-led action movies, and be like, oh, really? And this list is a testament to I saw almost all of these in the theater as best I could tell. This I saw on VHS uh, that I rented at way too young an age and was scared shitless especially when they look up into the rafters, they go to that drop ceiling, yeah. the, oh, yeah. whatever, and they're crawling up the sides. I almost, you know, shit my pants. Because <laughs> I was way too young. Though. Like, I was petrified. That movie is so good, top to bottom. Yeah. It's a it's an all-timer. Um, but Sigourney Weaver just holds her own at all times against, you know, life-ending force that is yeah. coming or the inevitability. Uh, Newt is the only thing I think sometimes just like, it it drives me nuts, but at the same time you think of the, 
what that little girl has been through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or to portray her as any other way than that. Well, see, it's that's the problem I have with T two is Edward Furlong. It's just like, ugh, I just really can't. Uh, so you know, uh, he takes it away from me. But yeah, I agree with you. And this is the one, not Alien. Uh, Aliens is the one to choose because she is the central character in Aliens. In Alien, she doesn't become like the real hero of the piece until like an hour, hour and a half into the movie because it's essentially Tom Skerritt first. And then everybody else, and it's when by process of elimination, she is kind of left to kind of push this uh, thing to the end. Yes, she is the one that's like a hard ass about the rules, and she's the one that tried to keep them not bringing what's-his-face onto um, the ship until he gets checked. So all the dudes messed this up because all the dudes had such a affinity for John Hurt as a person that they ignored the rules. And if they hadn't ignored the rules, there's no way that facehugger would have gotten onto the ship. Uh, so in that way, she was a bit of a hard ass at the beginning. It isn't until later that she becomes the hero. But in this, in Aliens, she is the driving force. She's recruited to go and help these Marines to try and be a technical advisor as they go and see what happened in this colony. And uh, maybe have to fight off these aliens. And then you just you get so many great action sequences uh, that lead up to that moment. Hey, where's I have it up there from from, from one of our fans uh, where she walks out with that with that. Uh, oh, yeah odor outfit and she's like uh, get your hands off her you bitch you know that things so overall all of it just great great stuff great action and uh she's so damn good in the movie uh, yeah and i agree with you about nude it's, it's it can be a bit irritating but i forgive it for the most part because there's so many other yeah. great characters in the movie that you just sit back and enjoy 100 percent. it's such a small thing to take issue with yeah you it from the macro as opposed to the micro yeah agreed agreed uh, uh, all right, so what's your four? Uh, my four is Wonder Woman. Okay, that was my six. It was okay, so it got there eventually. So, uh, yeah, I mean this this is uh, this is such a good film. This is such a it, I, every time I watch it, I fall back in love with it uh, uh, and enjoy it all over again. I think her and Chris Pine have fantastic chemistry. I like that she's how can I say this correctly? I like that she has a thought, has has strong feelings about how the world should work, right? And she has no shame about calling people out who are not uh, functioning in the world the way she thinks they should function. So okay. I appreciate the way she kind of like walks into situations like, you need to do this, you need to do that, blah, blah, blah. And the way it all kind of blows up in her face initially until she has to like finally have that scene where she's walking across no man's land, which is of course epic for a lot of people. And then she takes control of the situation up until the end. And I don't have the problem with the third act that other people do. David Thewlis is a fantastic actor. People need to recognize. And maybe you didn't like that character, but I didn't have a problem with them fighting at the end. This is still Wonder Woman. This is the realm of gods. So you're going to have battles with gods at the end of Wonder Woman. They're not going to be regular human beings, you know? Yeah, I I think that's just what threw people off. They're used to anticipating one type of villain. And to go up against a god just... Perhaps uh, threw people for a bit of a loop. Yeah. And I never understood the argument like, oh, she does it for a man. She can't do it for herself. It's such bullshit. Look, people, we all fall in love. 
We all fall in love and love can motivate us to do so many different things when we find the right person to be with in life, irregardless of gender. There's nothing wrong if you change your life or you discover your power because you fell in love with somebody, especially because she's such a young woman leaving her mom for the first time, going out into the world. I just didn't get it. That, that kind of shit just drove me nuts that people were complaining about it. Um, you know, the whole problem with Batman is that he's he can never find love. That's why he's like that. With Wonder Woman, she she's a purer soul. So her finding love is a, is is more what you want to see. And the fact that it kind of awakens her inner power, that's what love does, for God's sakes. I don't know. I'm just, you know it's just my rant. I just get so mad when people are saying that shit. Yeah, you know, but, I mean, people find fault with, doesn't matter how good a movie is, someone out there doesn't care for it and has their reasons why. And just, yeah. like, you know, to each their own. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, you may not agree with the argument that they're putting forth. So be it. Yeah, I think that one is is rather hollow. Yeah. But uh, it makes sense to me, given the current climate and state of affairs of, you know, basically empowerment, whatnot, which is fully understandable. So to see that perhaps to them undermines the, the progress of this character as a whole. Yeah, yeah. Being able to see this on the big screen and have it be such a huge success why did we have to tie it into her love of with a another individual, another you know man? Yeah. But it's motivation. It's honest, pure character motivation. At the end of the day, uh, you know. Okay. What's your three? So my three is the movie you just shit all over, Alien. <laughs> I didn't shit all over it. I just shit all over it. You're like, first <laughs> off, it sucks compared to Aliens. Say that. What is time saying that? You're like, and I. <laughs> so you say that Tom Skerritt and his mustache can go fuck themselves. I uh, did not say that. He did. He did. You're like, go back to fences, you fucking bullshit. You're I'm like, scared. John. That all happened. People pull out the audio of that and hey, John saying it, put it out. Uh, yes, please do. Yeah, I think I, a, I, I like Alien better than Aliens because I think the personally, the suspense, the psychological terror. Build so beautifully with an alien. Yeah, you and I, I are both in that camp, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw Aliens a decade and change, I believe, before I saw Alien. And I never thought Alien would live up to A, how good I thought the first, you know, Aliens oh, was. And yeah. B, everybody building it up. And I was like, it was even better. It, yeah. so if you've never seen it, you like any type of like a horror psychological action y type of, dude, this thing is a masterpiece. Uh, but I think it's a. I think she's top build on the movie, so there's that. But you are right; it does take time for her character to basically come to the forefront for the female led. But because the overall arc ends with her, to me, in my mind, and it's always been Ripley. The focus within that series has always been Ripley. Yeah. But perhaps that's just me because I ingested Aliens first in a number of times before I saw Alien. Oh, in college, yes. like a sophomore, or junior. To be always Ripley. So to see the, the growth and maturation of the character that I already knew oh so well. Shit, I think I saw Aliens plus Alien 3 uh, several times before I saw Alien. Wow. Okay. Aliens 3 came out, what, like 97, 8? I think, yeah. Yeah. And I actually like that movie. Yeah, I think it's a good movie. Uh, it's Fincher. Right. Yeah, there's there are issues with how Fincher directed it for himself. But overall, I don't argue the product. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good one. It's after that that next one with um, Ron Perlman and mm. was it Winona Ryder? 
That one goes off the cliff for me. Yeah, the uh, resurrection. Yeah, yeah, we get sucked out of the hole. That's such uh, a weird little scene. Yeah, that that movie is is not good. Yeah, that's a fever dream. That movie's a fever dream. It's a French fever dream. Yeah, and then Prometheus. You know, yeah. I like it. I love it and hate it. Sam, <sighs> man, me too. But I just watched it. You know, uh, I fast forwarded through the parts that I could give two shits about. But I just and- watched it. In the midst of the quarantine, at some point, yeah. Um, the the newly replaced birth scene is fucking great. It's so good, or the abortion scene, it's so good. Yeah, uh, and all the fastbender stuff I like a lot. Yeah, yeah, he's good as David. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, Alien, Alien is is a masterpiece. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you really should because it's as good as it gets within the genre. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Mad Max Fury Road. That's my number two. Yeah. Okay. Charlize Theron again for a second time on this list. Um, she is. It's called Mad Max Fury Road, but it might as well be called Imperator Furiosa's Journey because it's certainly her, her, her entire. Uh, this is all about her, and Mad Max is just kind of uh, ancillary to the yeah. overall narrative of the film. He's essential in that he saves them a couple times and, and and whatever, but this is all about her and her story and what she's trying to do and break away from uh, Immortan Joe and uh, find her way back to her to this land of honey uh, that she can escape from this terrible existence uh, and then has to drive back into there, uh, into the lion's den to fight the lion. So it's all about her. Yeah, he's almost like, to some degree, the spirit of the West because he's oh. to you know, her story. And then at the end, when they're getting raised on that platform, he just blends back into the crowd and then he's right. gone. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's about Furiosa and about this sub, this civilization within the context of this post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. One, you know, a group of individuals and how they're uh, striving, but it is Furiosa's arc that is the movie. Yeah, absolutely. It flashes of Mad Max, like as he's going through certain moments and you flash <laughs> to the traumatic events that led up to him being a loner and whatnot, but they, they don't go fully, they don't delve fully into that. And I actually think that was a brilliant move because then to, to focus on the action at hand, as opposed to trying to fill in the motivation uh, of who he is, because we kind of get it through how the, the story is transpiring, what he's doing within this, the choices that he is making in the context of, uh, of helping enabling these, these, women to escape Emerton Joe or Immortan Joe yeah. uh, and his genetic oddity of a family. Yeah. <laughs> but it yeah. is, I mean, it is utterly sorry. Yeah. From a, in a cinematography, bless you from a cinematography standpoint, it is one of the most beautiful films of the past 10 years. Yeah. I do totally. I remember seeing this uh, panel at hall H and they had at the time. And what they do is they kind of open up all the screens around and then they showed the scene like this. So you were following, watching the scene as it developed, that whole scene out in the, uh, you know, with the, uh, when the sandstorm comes, yeah, they show that whole, the whole, so the whole thing happens as it's going along and you're watching it on all the multi, it is, it was, my mind was just exploding as I was watching it for A, the cinematography, the visuals of it, the action of it, the acting and the, 
and the way the set pieces are set up, you're just like, this is phenomenal. So um, to find out, the, to, to go see the film and, and, and see that it was just as, like every second was just as good as what we saw in that uh, sequence was so cool to experience. And I, I, you know, it's one I go back to and watch a lot. I even bought the black and white version of it uh, because I just, every once in a while I'll pop that one in and enjoy it in black and white. I mean, that sounds cool, but the, the color palette that he brings to life post-apocalyptic world, I think it, without that, that, that to me is a character within the movie itself. I mean, yeah. with that sandstorm, the purple hues that come out of nowhere and feel organic, and that's not possible, but it is, I mean, it is, it is breathtaking to behold. Agreed. Agreed. Great stuff from uh, George Miller there. All right. Uh, what's your number one? Oh, my God. So my, we have different number ones. I think so. Sure. Um, my number one is a movie, you know, you brought up denigrating before, T2. Yeah. I know. People are going to be shocked I didn't put it on my list. Uh, I don't see it that way, but go ahead, my man. You don't see it as what, female-led? Because there's Furlong and there's Schwarzenegger and everything she's supposed to be doing, she had she's done already before the film starts, which is training him and all the jazz she's gone through. Um, and it's always working in conjunction with everyone else, you know. But I would not fault in. I'm sure people are yelling and screaming at me as they're listening to this or watching it. They're saying I'm crazy for not putting it on here. But I just think it's more of an ensemble piece than a solo piece. And when we said female-led, that's what goes on in my mind. I would not – of course, I'm not going to say it's wrong to be on the list. Um, I I mean, it's a valid point. And perhaps uh, I overlooked that in this regard. Um, Because you could make a case that uh, there is no distinct lead of this movie. You could. You could. On some level. Yeah, okay. I mean, look, T2 is awesome. It's a... When it came out, like, my mind was blown. And it still still has that effect in numerous ways. The CGI looks just as good, by and large. Uh, Every once and again, like, it, you know, it doesn't hold up as well. But considering this is, what, 1992, 94, something along those lines, um, and that 90% of it still looks as good as anything you could put out today. And shit looks better than some movies that get made today. Yeah. <laughs> it does. I mean, the, the T-1000 or whichever it is, the Robert Patrick that is the molten metal that yeah. can, is malleable and can make himself into whatever he wants to, man, is the first time seeing that utterly blown away that they could create this character, make it look so believable. Uh, but you have that and then you have the, Schwarzenegger coming back, and now he's no longer a villain. It's a nice role reversal for him. Uh, and the distrust, and they have to build some sort of, of bond between all three of them if they're going to overcome you know, Skynet and the inevitability of mankind's fate. I thought about putting the newest Terminator, Dark Fate, on this list. It was close. Yeah, dude. I don't care what anybody says. I love the shit out of that movie. I mean, yeah, I, was, love, I love that movie, dude. I haven't seen it since the theater. That's why I didn't make it on. I need you know, I want to see it a second time to make sure because everything else on here, uh, I think I've seen minimum once, obviously, but one and a half times to two times. Like yeah. 
some that I've gone back for very specific scenes with Dark Fate, Fate. I haven't gone back to look at again at all in the slightest. I was like, you know what? Perhaps I need to see. But it sucks that that didn't do better because that's easily the best Terminator movie since T2. Yep, agreed. Best post T2 Terminator movie by miles. By yeah. miles. Not even like, oh, they killed. All- well, I don't, I guess I don't want to spoil it for people who want to see it. But like, I thought we both, I guess, agree in, in that we both enjoy the hell out of that movie. Uh, and I personally liked the decisions they made storyline wise for a certain mm-hmm. character. I thought, hell yes, that makes all the sense in the world. And other people were super offended and were like, well, why did we spend years? Blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I get why people were upset, but I don't agree with you. It was time, and it makes yeah. sense when you mess with multiple timelines. You're bound; something's bound to happen eventually. What do you do? Um, and 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 it's all connected. Why a certain thing doesn't happen because of the other thing that happens? And so you're like, okay, that makes sense, you know. So I don't know. People were upset about it, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. Maybe the girl wasn't super tough when they showed her in the future. Right, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't have an issue with that. I know Krishna yeah. had an issue with that. I, I thought she was doing her thing. Tough isn't always just one way, you know. True. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so your number one, I don't have, and I could guess which one it is. Are you including both, or did you choose one of the two? Oh, it's, both. it's the whole thing. It's the whole bloody affair. Kill Bill. Yeah, absolutely. For God's sakes, you can't, you can't separate them. What's wrong with you? Uh, to me, to me, this is. This is the one, and I always come back to it, and I know I mentioned Lady Snowblood earlier as a female samurai film. This is not a female samurai film, but she does use a samurai sword, the Hattori Hanzo sword, quite a lot throughout the move, throughout both movies. Well, really, the whole whole bloody affair movie, which, by the way, Tarantino's released in the theater, so it counts, the whole bloody affair. Um, uh, and I just, I love her in the movie, man. I really do. I enjoy the twists and turns. I enjoy the acting. I enjoy uh, the dialogue throughout. There's not a boring moment in this entire, entire movie. Uh, and it's so brilliant and well done. And the way he switches for genres that he's uh, doing an homage to throughout the movie it's just so brilliant. I mean, honestly, I don't think he's done a better, in my opinion, he's never done a better movie. I know people like Inglorious Bastards or people even trying to like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the best. But to me, this is the best one. You take this over Pulp and Reservoir. Over which one? Pulp? Yes. Pulp certainly and Reservoir. Pulp. Certainly over Pulp. Um, Reservoir is tougher, but I think the scope of this one edges it out uh, uh, because it's just it's just – the different locations that he shoots in and the way he makes the narrative work and the multiple characters that come in throughout, they're all engaging. They're all interesting with reservoir. It's all told, you know, in that, in that uh, room uh, for the most part. So I just like, I I think the scope of this one uh, puts it over reservoir and yeah, certainly better than pulp. I don't enjoy pulp as much as other people do. I do like pulp. I do like pulp. I enjoy watching it, but I don't love it the way other people do. Um, for my own reasons, uh, you know, just for whatever taste reasons they are, subjective reasons they are, I don't ever go, oh, yeah, I'm just going to put on Pulp Fiction. That never occurs to me. But I'll put on Kill Bill. I'll put on Reservoir Dogs uh, for sure. Okay. Do you like Once Upon a Time? Do you think that's in the top five for him, or do you think it's yeah. down? Yeah. 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 I love it. And the people that denigrate the ending, it's just like, oh, how did you expect it to end? He was clearly not telling – the Charles Manson family story. This was a fictionalized version of it. It's going to have a fucking fictionalized Hollywood ending. <laughs> Once upon a time, it's a fairy tale about Hollywood. Yeah, sure. 
Very None true. Real. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I I loved it. And the criticism about the Bruce Lee, it's like, well, that was Brad Pitt's character basically fantasizing about the interaction with Bruce Lee. That shit didn't happen. Right. Uh, you know, that's the lie he's telling himself as to why he's not allowed to go on to set. Right. Uh, it's not the did he or did he not do, you know, what everybody in Hollywood assumes he more than likely did. Exactly, because in his version of it, he is the hero throughout. He is the victim throughout. So that tells you that's why it's from one point of view, and it is his point of view. You've got the, you know, you've got the 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 um, Kurt Russell's wife, who's of course shrill and a nag. You've got him reflecting back to when he possibly killed his his wife himself, who was mm-hmm. a shrill and a nag. And then you have Kurt Russell essentially being emasculated in his mind in the flashback and then the Bruce Lee situation where he thinks he got the best or at least tied Bruce Lee. That's the arrogance of a dude. That's, that's how he, oh, yeah, back he definitely, back. he kicked the shit out of Bruce Lee. Yeah. You're just like, wait, what? Yeah. There was no tie, but right, he, fair, fair. he was fixing a roof and smirking to himself as he daydreamed, exactly. rationalizing why he can't do the job that he wants to do. And probably high. So yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, there, there are our list between us. Yeah. Now we're going to compile this thing, put it together. Um, this will be interesting, especially when we have two different number ones. This is always the nice fight. Well, it would be Mad Max, probably number one. Yeah. And then I would say Aliens next. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Atomic Blonde, we have it 5-7. Wonder Woman is 4-6. Four, 4-6 six. Four, six beats a 5-7, don't you? Yeah. Okay, now after that, I'd say we work in our number ones. Okay. Uh, I'll give you Kill Bill because it is more of – T2 is more of an ensemble. And when you okay. look at the context, I, yeah. I'll take it. Well, I won't want to. I feel like I did, I did concede that you got to pick one of the two volumes. <laughs> you bastard. <sighs> which, which one? I guess one. Okay. Kill Bill volume one it is. Only because the last 45 minutes of two occurs in one backyard. So uh, go ahead. Um, All right. So I got – we don't have anything else in common, do we? Uh, uh, No, I don't think so. We've got two different Star Wars movies. Yeah, I got my number three, which you don't have, which is Alien. Alien, right. What's your next highest? Uh, Probably Star Wars 4 – oh, no, the Femme Nikita at five. Lefem Nikita it is. All right, we got two left. We have two Star Wars movies left, I think, at the same spot. Don't I'm at six with Force Awakens. Uh okay. I got Rogue One at seven, so Force Awakens would make it. And my seven is Rogue One. What do you got? Your seven's seven. done. Yeah, it's done. It's Atomic Blunt. So, yeah. Two Star Wars films. All right. There you go. Done and right. done. Let me grab the bongos. Now, in the new office, they're a lot more easier. Uh, Charles J. Clark, we will be saying yours afterwards. And then as he's grabbing those bongos, we do have shout outs at the end of today's show. Yep. So, we'll be giving uh, everybody that supports us over patreon.com forward slash the top 10 with the number yeah. 10 shout out, uh, which we do at the end of every month. You ready? Let's do it. The top 10 female-led action movies, yeah. At number 10. Row one. At number nine. 
The Force Awakens. At number eight. La Femme Nikita. At number seven. Alien. At number six. T2. At number five. Kill Bill Volume 1. At number four. Atomic Blonde. At number three. Wonder Woman. At number two. Aliens. And our number one female-led action movie is... Mad Max Fury Road. Road. Yeah, nice. Good stuff. And then I got uh, Charles Clark's, Jay Clark's list queued up in front of me right here. And I love the fact that we counted all these down, Matt, uh, because of what you referenced earlier, that that stupid Elizabeth Banks quote, that, oh, it's because men don't want to see women in action movies. Get the fuck out of here. We've seen many more. You you rebooted a franchise that... A is not a franchise, and B yeah. nobody was asking for. Yep, yep. And did it with, you know, Kristen Stewart is your highest profile actress, and does she have the box office draw outside of Twilight? Yeah, right. Exactly. I've seen it, so I think it had a lot of things working against it. Not guys just saying I hate female yeah. action movies. She's like, okay, well, guys who had just got to see Wonder Woman and Marvel and uh, Captain Marvel. To the tune of almost $2 billion combined. So, Captain Marvel, which nobody knew who the character was, made $2 billion. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, Charles J. Clark has, so he wrote nothing. He just sent us his list. Um, So, at 10, he's got aliens. Nine is Captain Marvel. Oh, okay. Eight is Kill Bill Volume One. Good. Seven is Spy. Oh, interesting. The, uh, the Melissa McCarthy one. All right. Yeah, I would have included that one. I, I didn't care for it, but it, had you said Spider-Man, like, yeah, totally. It's an action movie. <laughs> Six is Atomic Blonde. Uh, yeah, okay. Five is Rogue One. Uh, yes. Four is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, I thought about that one. But once again, she doesn't lead it. There's those three together. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Three is Wonder Woman. Uh, two is T2. And number one is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, there you go. I am going to get a shit ton of shit for not putting T2 on here, but maybe, maybe some people see my reasoning for why. Uh, We shall see. We shall see. But it made the list in the end. That's all that matters. Uh, Great stuff, uh, Matt. I didn't have to kill Bill. I think they'll be more up in arms about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Uh, Here goes Mississippi Mud Snake Johnson. Like, all right, man. Mississippi mud snake. It's a Mississippi mud snake, man. Look out! Look out. With the mud, they, they hit you with the snake, man. He's a fucking this guy. <laughs> All right, all right, Quinn. Um. Uh. All right. So we're gonna do the shout outs now. Is that right? Mundo. Yeah, we'll do a uh, shout outs now. And once again, we do this uh, to the patrons that support us over at uh, Patreon.com forward slash the top ten with the number ten, and uh, it's at five dollars and up. And you also get to, you know, uh, you can participate in uh, Topic Thunder or be part of the relist or choose a tar- topic like Charles J. Clark did. But we we do a shout out to everybody that donates at uh, $5 above uh, every month. And uh, we should jump right in. I think I started last time, so go for it. Adelardo Fuente. Alan Snuffleupagus Bennett. Albert Wiradharma. We- Thank you, Albert. Uh, Alex Ramsey. Russell. Alexander Marzonia. Liam Moore. Amara Lee. Uh, Andre Constantinescu. Andres Mendoza. 
Herbs. Andrew Hayes. Parker. Andrew Nally. Andrew O'Day. Andy Ortiz. Angela Dashner. Anthony Casanova. April Rybacki. Ashley Prowse. Ben Twerk. Ben Cartwright. Bernie Knapp. There you go, buddy. Billy Williams. Blair Simpson. Blake Gant. O'Brien. Bobby Carney. Bobby Michael. Brandon Caridi. Brandon Monroe. Brian Akins. Cameron Belgrade. Cameron Chapman. Charles J. Clark. There you go, Chuck. Charlie McKenna. C. Lewis. Chris Cabrera. Consiglio. Chris Johnson. Chris Lemk. Lemke. Lemke. Chris Jones. Chris Chris Jones, yeah. Chris Lemke? Lemke, I think. Yeah, Lemke sounds right to me. Uh, Christian Lorenko. Christopher Brockman. Christopher McIntyre. Christos Alexakos. Cody Seal. Connor Teal. Cody Markham. Cody Rexford. Dale Varley. Dan Nye, that pretty SOB. Dan Petraglia. Daniel McCarty. Darren Bush. David Gregson. David Mitchell Baker. Deborah Torres. Dimitri Malat. DJ Red Hot Cox. Uh, Dominic Greaves. Drew Burkhart. Drew Inns. Wayne Joseph Burke. Dylan Bueller Dempsey. Dylan Johnson. Ed Buzzkirk. Uh, Edward Dobbins. Edward Wilshire. Elijah York. Ellis Majaka. Eric Bloor. Eric Bruin. Eric Stevenson. Evan Zoller. Francisco J. Torres. Frank Montoya. Fred Castillo. Gareth Weldon. Garth Wiesenant. Jeff Kelly. George Menchaca. Giancarlo Simonetta. Uh, Gunner R. Haley Morton. Houston Bodily. Ian Horner. Ian Platt. Ian Brick Beltran Lopez. Uh, Ewan Williams. J. Scotty St. Clair. Jacob Pullen. Jimmy Jam James Nost. <laughs> James Leggett. James Petty. James Trapani. James Winstead. Uh, Janvia Canazar. Uh, J.D. Jeff Dickin. Jeff Saliba. Jen Kemp. Jeremy Bowers. Jeremy Metz. Jeremy J.I.C. 317. Jim Payne. Jim White. Joe Hewan. Jody Money. Joe Farrelly. Joey Anthony. Johanna Schmidt. John Douse. John Keefe. Oh, Big John Mariano. Jonathan Caro. Joseph Curran. Josh. Uh, Joshua Stetz. Josh Lawrence. Josh Mabry. Josh Murphy. Josh Sachs. Joshua Wynn. Juan Reyes. Johanna Linovirta. Julian Key. Catherine Samuels. Keith Archer. Keith Fitzgerald. Kevin Foss. Kristen Smith. Kristen Kurtz. Kyle Beckworth. Kyle Feller. Kyle Spawn. Laura Deverson. Lawrence Witt. Louis Berrigan. Luke Allison. Uh, Luke Larson. Kenzie Horner. Magali Dore. Marcel Berman. Marcus Davenport. Mark Fawcett. And finally, the third in the evil trifecta, Mark Machaca. <laughs> Michael Ashby. Matt Hannigan. Matt Yund. Matt Simmons. Matthew Kearns. 
Matthew Lee Cravens. Matthew Pullen. Maurice Robinson. Michael D. Dyke. Michael Kelly. Michael Schmur. Mike Barrington. Mike Shea. Niall Blackie. Nick Francis. Nick Dornoff. Nicholas Smith. Nizar Alabasi. Uh, Noel Noel Kelleher. Pat Mofamonte. Phil Neglia. Philip Lane. Ravi Prazad. Reagan Lovick. Rob McDonald. Roberto Francisco Suarachi. Robert Haley. Uh, Rodrigo Valverde III. Roque Orellana. Ruben Enriquez. Ryan Beachy. Ryan Imbrandos. Ryan McKenna. Sam Monsalvi. Uh, Scott Zarnecki. Scott Kohler. Sean Labua. Sean Scott. Seth Shearer. Shane Noble. Stacy Flores. Steve Schluckebeyer. Stephen Armstrong. Sujayant Fernando. The Blast from Our Past podcast. Uh, he shall not be named the Cinephiles. <laughs> Thomas Clarence. Thomas Drofke. Orson Al Mueller. Tim Begg. Tim Franco. Tim Coscuba. Pete fan Tim Coscuba. Tim Reimert. Timothy Berg. Timothy R. Williams. Todd Whitkey. Tyler Spots. Wayne Murphy. The great Wiley Todd. Will Morse. Hey, Logie. Zach Butts. Zachariah Kaufman. I like it. Boom shakalaka. Thank you to everybody that supports us over there yeah. uh, it, uh, on Patreon. We thoroughly appreciate it. And uh, to Mr. Clark for, uh, you know, submitting a great topic in your own list. We It was a, it was a good one. I can't believe we haven't gotten to it. So kudos to you for pointing out. God, I would assume we had done it and maybe even thought about doing it a second time. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it's kind of a you know, low-hanging fruit. Figured that one would have been plucked a long time ago. So thank you, Charles J. Clark, for that. And to Chris Alexakos for help putting us uh, all together. Helps us so much with everything that we do on Patreon. So a big shout-out to him and to uh, everybody that helps us with the show. We wouldn't be able to give you guys the three shows a week now without the help of so many uh, people. Uh, to Joe Abara, Mike Shea, Kristen Smith, and Matthew Hasso for helping us you know, edit the shows and, and put them up online and social media on Twitter and Facebook and everything that we do. Our thanks to all five of you uh, for helping make this a reality for everybody that listens or watches. Uh, it means the world to us. So our thanks to you once again and to everybody that supports us. Uh, we hope you're staying safe out there. You can follow me any, anywhere at Matt Nost or check out my other podcast, Embrace the Hate. You can find it anywhere you get podcasts. It's, uh, it's me and the, the funniest guy I know shooting the breeze about whatever happens to us. Uh, and whatever's going on in the world. And uh, I think that is it for me this week. Oh, please. I echo all the sentiments that Matt just said. Thank you all so much for supporting us. You know, money is tight for a lot of you, uh, but the fact that you still support us and keep us going because you know you get quality entertainment from us means a lot uh, to us personally. So thank you so much for doing that. If you want to join the page, on the Patreon, if you haven't done that yet, patreon.com slash uh, the top 10 with the number 10 there. Uh, go and see all the multiple tiers we have or just share and retweet the show. That's enough for us as well. We're trying to bring more and more people into the top gun, uh, top 10 tent. So it'd be so much fun to have you all getting so many more people involved and enjoying themselves and spending time and during the self-quarantine, self-isolation, laughing along with us and enjoying movies and being turned on to movies 
by our thoughts on them. You know, we got five years of show to show them, uh, as we mentioned earlier uh, in the show. So thank you so much for that. And of course, the Facebook group, go and get involved in that and, and uh, keep the conversations going. Uh, and you can follow me at the Roka says on Twitter and on Instagram and follow us on Instagram. And I'm sorry, follow us on Twitter as well uh, at mm-hmm. the top 10 uh, show or top at top 10 show. It has a Twitter follow them. Uh, there and of course one last thing on oh, my youtube channel please come and join the youtube channel join the nation the outlaw nation uh, uh at youtube.com slash john roca says uh that's john roca says uh go and see all the multiple content we are going on there we're climbing to thirteen thousand subscribers so come and be a part of it so much going on over there uh all right i think that's it matt right that is it uh, stay safe buddy and to everybody listening wash those hands six feet apart wear your masks and gloves And uh, I think that's it this week for uh, the two of us here on the Top 10 Show. 